What's up? We hope you're having a great week. And uh, this is Daniel and Bonnie. And welcome back to another episode of the Marriage Adventure Podcast. So we're just sitting here on a Friday morning on the farm. And um, we had a little sad day yesterday, didn't we, Bonnie? Yeah, it's been, it's been a sad week. Um, I had a sweet little donkey. Um, her name was Clover. And she got really sick this week, and last night we had to uh, do the right thing to make sure that she was not suffering, and we we lost Clover last night. Sweet little Clover. You don't hear many people say, I have a sweet little donkey. I know. (laughs) Well, she was... Kind of a non-traditional pet. But we, you know, so we have our neighbor board some horses back on our our back pasture, and, and and. there was a donkey back there for the past year, mm-hmm. and we didn't think anything of it. It was just back there. We really, you know, we just kind of look at him and love on him and, you know, feed him an apple every once in a while. But Bonnie, um, Bonnie kind of attached to the donkey, and so our neighbor um, lovingly gave her to us. And uh, and so she wasn't very fond of people <laughs> because our neighbor is ropers, and they <laughs> like to rope animals, and she didn't want us to rope her. So, um, so Bonnie, you worked really hard for like a month to get her to just love people. And apparently donkeys are very, um, they're very social, social, affectionate animals, but Uh this one wasn't. And, uh, and man, it didn't take a minute and she took to you and, uh, she was my buddy. And so we, um, uh, we just started noticing the beginning of the week she wasn't acting right and the vet came out and something virological Mm -hmm. we probably won't know, but so we had to put her down last night and bury her here on the property and just a sad little night, but it yeah. was it was the right thing, right yeah. thing to do. Sometimes the so. hardest thing usually is the right thing. So we're going to dedicate this episode of the podcast to Clover the Aww. donkey. <laughs> Sweet Clover. So Sweet anyway, Clover. Um, yeah. but uh, we are in uh, we the middle, we've started some a series of podcast episodes and I can't guarantee you that this series will um, fall in sequential order. Mm-hmm. You know, we might do uh, some different podcasts in the middle, but the series is called Marriage 101. So anytime we find something that we think is a foundation principle, foundational principle or something that's foundational to marriage that we think falls in that 101 ca- category mm-hmm. for all of us, um, but especially newlyweds, like if you're getting married or you're, you're newly married, then it's, these are some of the foundational things you need to learn. But to be honest, this is something, the topic we're going to hit today is something that we really didn't realize till what, 15 years in or so. Yeah. I think God started building it early on. Yeah. But then later in our marriage, uh, and we we just celebrated 26 years. Yep, 26. And so we were just kind of thinking back, what are the things that really have have meant a lot to us and helped build a foundation in our marriage? Or I wish we had known when we first or got I, married. Yes, and, I wish I had yeah. heard a podcast on it. Yeah. So today, uh, we want to look at a passage of scripture that is, we believe, 
um, illustrates two things in one, and we'll kind of unpack that. Mm -hmm. But it's Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 through 33. Now, we know you're probably riding in your car or running or doing something where you don't have your Bible in front of you. So we'll read it, and you've probably heard it. And um, But today we're going to talk about the meaning of marriage. Now, there's been a lot of books out. You know, I know there's a popular book out called The Meaning of Marriage. But... This is our podcast, so <laughs> yeah. we get to say what we yeah. think is the meaning of marriage. So, Bonnie, you want to you yeah. start us off yeah. and read that passage, and then we'll kind of go through and dissect it Absolutely. with some things that we um, think. And I'll say this, too. Looking back on this, if if we um, if this, this has set the tone for our entire marriage, if there's this ribbon that can, has run through, and we could say there's any one thing that has has re- that we come back to and come back to and come back to it would be this and yeah, so I agree um all right so Ephesians chapter 5 um, verse 21 says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ wives submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord that's, for th- that's probably the most popular verse in scripture right most <laughs> for, well for loved. men for men yeah <laughs> um for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is profound mystery. But I'm talking about Christ and the church. That's the whole crux. We'll come back to yeah. that. However, each one of you must love his love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Mm. Mm. Okay, there's a lot, lot in there. There is a ton of stuff in that passage. And you, you guys, when you get a chance, go back and look up this passage, Ephesians 5, and, um, and just dissect it. We're going to dissect a little bit of it here because we think, this passage um, tells us the meaning of marriage in it, mm-hmm. and it is so interwoven to our spiritual life, mm-hmm. so much so that I don't know how you can be um, a non-Christian and truly understand the fullness of marriage. Or stay married. Or stay married. <laughs> you know, and I think it's we've talked- It's hard enough as Christians. Yeah, we've talked before on the podcast about God's common grace. You know, Jesus offered us grace on the cross for salvation, the forgiveness of sins, and the empowerment by the Holy Spirit. But God, because he's a good God and he is a loving God, he offers this grace that is common to every human on the world. And that is the grace that allows us to wake up, to Mm -hmm. breathe, to breathe his air, to enjoy, find enjoyment in things like Clover the donkey. And, and. In, in that ability to love someone mm-hmm. and even get married and love someone, even if you don't know him through salvation. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think the world can understand love, yeah. um, but almost through a, 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 like a, like looking through a dirty window, just mm-hmm. not, you're not, I don't feel like you're going to understand the fullness of love because this passage tells mm-hmm. what that, what that is. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
what are some things that if we're going to talk about foundational marriage 101 things um, that are important to understand in marriage, what are some things we can glean from this passage? Well, I think the first thing is that first verse. It's verse 21. And I think this is vital for every couple to understand, especially if you're in your first few years, is that we must submit to one another. Mm -hmm. Verse 21 said, we must submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm -hmm. So we've all heard, and the next verse, which is not the, I was just kidding, was it's not the popular verse, wives submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Well, it's popular for men. Men sometimes can misuse it, and women don't like it. The idea of it. Well, and I do think that we, to, to sit there for a second, that God does establish an order in the marriage, mm-hmm. um, just as he does in government, and which is clearly laid out in scripture. There is, um, there is a head, yeah. and he has made the husband the head of the home. Uh, we always say he made the husband the head of the home, but he made the wife the heart of the home. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a body that can that can operate without a head and a heart. So uh, of equal importance. And, and you've heard it said before, he took the women's, uh, he took the man's rib from his side. So there's kinship. There's not a ruling over. He didn't, yeah. you know. So I think that's really important to understand. But another thing that that next verse 22 says is wives submit to your own husbands. Mm-hmm. You're not to submit to men in general. No. Women aren't, aren't subordinate to men in general. But it does say, wives, it says, first, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And wives, submit to your own husband. Don't submit to all men. Mm -hmm. Don't submit to any man. Just submit to your husband. Mm -hmm. And I think if you put those two verses together, you get a real clear picture of the headship that God establishes. He says, you're both supposed to submit kinship side by side. But the husband's the head and wives, you don't submit to anybody else other than, you know, other than him. You know, I I feel like I saw a really good picture of this growing up because um, this was something I remember. I remember there would be times that I would really want to go do something. And my dad would absolutely put his foot down and say no. Mm. And my mom could, you know, she, she could be sympathetic towards me in some things. And I remember one time or several times she would say, you know, I, you know, I get what you're saying, but I really feel like we need to submit to your dad in this Mm. because there is protection in submitting to him as the authority. Even Mm -hmm. if we don't agree with it, there is a protection there and it's just what God's design is. And, Mm -hmm. and it always worked out for some reason, um, that he was either he was, I mean, he wasn't always right about everything, but she was correct in that. God has placed us mm-hmm. under that umbrella of protection and to step outside of that um, would have taken out us outside of God's protection. And we don't like to think about, you know, we are like as women, we don't want to like feel like a man's bossing us around or we can't do what we want to do or all those mm-hmm. um, prideful you're in, things. You're not empowered. Right. But the truth of the matter is there is so much protection and empowerment um, behind the strength of that protection. Mm-hmm. And so, well, and to, and to, you know, your dad wasn't called to be right in everything. No. But your mom was called to submit to him mm-hmm. in that. And we go on in verse 23. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body. And so right there, Scripture says that it's very clearly laid out. Yeah. 
where this uh, this order is. And it's the same way, you know, at work. Um, so I'm the executive pastor. I'm underneath my senior pastor. If he's very passionate about an idea mm-hmm. and, and or he wants to go in a direction, I submit to that, even if I like it or not. You know, now I hope we have a good enough relationship. We can, you know, think, take it, talk it out, come to an agreement and, you know, find some win-win solutions. But at the end of the day, he's the head of the church, of mm-hmm. our church, of our you know local church of North Star. And so I, you know, at the end of the day, I submit to, okay, well, he's the head and I'm not. So he's going to take the responsibility of being right or wrong. And that right there is the key as well. There's, there is so much more responsibility involved in that when you have to be the head you you have to take the responsibility for if you're wrong (laughs) you know there is that responsibility in it which you know God gives the man that that load or that weight of responsibility which can sometimes be we overlook that that you know that's that's a heavy mantle yeah so I think so let's go back to the first verse, verse 21. Submit yourself to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm-hmm. How? How do we do that? Because at the end of the day, we're all pretty selfish people. Mm-hmm. I want what I want. And I want what I want. So how do I submit to you? And how do you submit to me? How do we come along each side, each other, and do that? Well, I think we, we have to look at another passage. And that's in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And I'll just, I'll read it because you're probably in your car. Um, As it says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work and the sons of disobedience, among whom once we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. We were by nature objects of wrath. We were like the rest of mankind. So that right there, that's before Christ. Mm-hmm. That's, bef- I mean, before Christ comes and lives in us. That's before we're saved, before we accept him in. We were by nature objects of wrath. We, it says we were dead in our trespasses. Now, we were not physically dead, right? We were here, right. but we were dead in our trespasses. What does that mean? So let's go all the way back to the garden. I feel like we do that a lot in the podcast, but it's a great place to start, <laughs> since it was the beginning. So if we go all the way back to the garden, when Adam and Eve ate that fruit, it said, you will surely die. Well, they didn't die physically. We know they went on and they lived and they had children. But what died in them? Mm-hmm. Well, man is made up of three parts. We have our body, which is your body. It's your, your fingers, toes, nose. We have a soul and we have a spirit. Now, your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. That's my thinker, my feeler, my chooser, my reactor, all of that. My mind, my will, and emotion. So Clover the donkey and Charlie the dog that you're sitting here petting, mm-hmm. they have a body and they have a mind, will, and emotions. Clover did. And so they can they know when they're hungry. Your, your pet knows when they want something, know when they're sad. They know when they're happy, when know you're when scratching happy. behind their ears. But humans have a spirit, mm-hmm. and that is that it's that, communication with God. It's God within us. It's that place that God created um, where he could dwell and have that relationship with us. But bef- but when Adam and Eve, they ate that fruit, that part of them died. That's what died in them. Their spirit, they were cut off from that relationship with God. And that's why they were like the rest of mankind. 
they were dead in their trespasses and sins. And we inherited that from them. And we All did. All the way passed down, we inherited that dead spirit from them. Yep, we sure did. And then, but if we keep going in that verse, um, it says, I lost my place here. I'm sitting here reading it. Okay. It says, we were like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love for us, so he's rich in mercy, and he did all this that we're about to read because he loves us. Even though we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. Mm-hmm. And what that says is, even though you really did nothing to deserve it, and you did nothing to make it happen, even though you were dead, he went on ahead and made us alive together with Christ. It's by his grace We've been saved. He made the conscious choice to pursue us, even mm-hmm. though we couldn't do anything to take a step towards him. Yeah. Man, that's love. That's that's a good God. And it says that he raised us up and he seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So now, instead of that old dead spirit, I have the spirit of God living inside of me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're a Christian, this is all probably not new to you. You've probably heard that before. But here's the, here's the amazing thing. How do I have the power to submit to you daily? Mm-hmm. Well, or to lead me. To lead you, yeah, as, as the husband. <clears throat> and how do you have the power to, to come alongside me and, and sometimes have to die to your wishes? And that's not often, but to that, how do you have the power to submit to a husband and to Well, we do that because of what we just read, because we have this Holy Spirit that made us alive. Mm -hmm. And in scripture tells us that if we abide in him as he abides in us, that we'll bear much fruit. So if I walk with God and you're walking with God, then guess what? We're going to look like Christ. Mm -hmm. We're going to look like him. The fruit of the spirit, which is in Galatians chapter 5. You've probably heard it before. It's just the personality and characteristics of the Spirit, right? And those fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I literally just named all wonderful things. Mm -hmm. So if I'm walking with Him, and you're walking with Him, and... The fruit of the Spirit is being produced in us. Bonnie, you're, you've really dove full head into gardening, <laughs> right? So when a plant is nurtured and taken care of and bugs don't get in it, what happens? It produces. It, it produces a lot. It does. It produces fruit. It produces the type of plant it is. Squash makes squash. That's right. <laughs> so when I'm a Christian and I'm walking with him and I'm produce, he's producing his fruit through me, Mm-hmm. Man, I look like Jesus. And guess what? When I look like Jesus, it's not hard to submit to you. And when you're walking with Jesus, it's not hard to submit to me. The problem is, is a lot of days I try to live independent of him. Yeah. And I just try to do it on my own. And those are the days, those are the seasons where it's really hard to find win-win solutions. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to die to myself, even sometimes I know you're 100% right, 
just like you know you put too much peanut butter in the peanut butter protein bars the other day, but Let's you, won't, not, you won't admit it. I did not. Right? Okay. It's really hard for you right now to admit that uh-huh. you put double the amount of peanut butter. Yeah, I think to. you're uh, walking in the flesh right now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we make these, these peanut butter protein bars. Like We make a pan a week probably, and we've done so for, what, six, seven, eight years? Forever. Forever. And last week's batch came out like, Uber I don't think I. Buttery. I don't think I put honey in it, but he swears I put a double amount of peanut butter in it. Let's not get in a fight on this podcast. So, so anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, show self control uh, through the power of the Holy listen Spirit. To you, listen to you so and good. move on. So good. So uh, so how do I submit? I walk in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. I abide in Him, and over time, the fruit of the Spirit, I begin to look more like Him. So I think that's the first thing we have to glean from that passage is that we're called to submit to one another. And yeah. that is, I think, sometimes the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Because we're really selfish people, and we want what we want. Oh, yeah. Well, I think the second thing, another thing that's really important out of this passage is that I, I, I think we miss this part. It, it's it's hidden in there, and it, but it's the whole, I feel like it's the point of the whole thing, is our earthly marriage is intended to be an illustration of our heavenly marriage. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Yeah, what is that heavenly marriage? Okay, so you you read, if you're reading through Ephesians and you're studying through it, and it's talking about what life looks like after Christ has come and lived inside of you. What does that life look like? It's You no longer have a dead spirit. You have an alive spirit. And then he goes on and he starts, it seems so random, he starts talking about marriage. But it says there. kind of out of the blue. Isn't it? Yeah. Verse 32, it says, this whole thing is profound. But I'm talking about Christ and the church. So what he's, he, he's kind of talking about marriage, but he really wasn't, was he? No, what he's saying is, okay, for you who are married and and doing marriage right, you're going to understand that the relationship that I want to have with you as your earthly groom that Christ has with the church, Christ came and died for the church. He, he loved her. She, we are called his bride. And when we except Christ, we become united with him and become one with him. Mm-hmm. And we get confused and think that that I get confused and think that you're the person that I'm going to be with for all eternity, but my true groom is Christ. Mm-hmm. And this marriage that, that God's given us and blessed us with is to be a reflection of what that perfect relationship one day will be with Christ when we are one day united to him as his bride in eternity. And if you look at how Christ loved the church, well, how did he love her? He died for her. Mm-hmm. He sacrificed for her. He he gave everything for her. He served her. And so if Christ is head of the church and is telling a husband to love his wife that way, that's a pretty tall order. Oh, it's huge. But he's saying if you're loving each other this way, the mutual submission will happen if you can love each other the way Christ loved his bride and mm-hmm. he laid his life down for her. So, I mean, our earthly marriage, if we have a true groom who is Christ, who is 100% perfect. So, so, so I'm only married to you on earth. Yes. But I'll be married to Christ Through eternity. for a lot of the rest of eternity. Yeah. We'll be united with him. Our heart has been. I hope I he, get to hang out with you in heaven. We, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. But it does say you'll be known. You'll be known as you are known. That's true. So I'll know you as Bonnie. Absolutely. Right. But if Christ is that perfect 
our one day forever groom, is it fair to expect our spouse to fulfill all those earthly desires for us and all those things? Is it fair for me to put expectations on you to be a perfect spouse? Fair? Lord, no. I think we do it when we um, get selfish or when we try to manipulate to get our own way because that's when we throw expectations on, you know. But is it fair? No, I can't compete. I can't compete with him. Mm-mm. No, but I think I think we become, at times, we can become in our marriage codependent to expect our spouse to, you know, if you're having a good day, then great. If you're having a bad day and you're not meeting my needs, I'm angry at you and you're you're not re- meeting those expectations. And we've talked on podcasts do, before about expectations. That, we do that spiritually too. Yeah. You know, God, why didn't you come through with this? For this, you know, you yeah. met you. I'm disappointed in you, God. Mm-hmm. You didn't meet my expectations. Mm-hmm. But if we are looking to our spouse to meet all of our spiritual, emotional, physical needs, we will be disappointed in That's each other. That's called codependency. It is, and God didn't intend us to do that. And I think we have found out the longer we walk with each other, and um, the longer we our relationship with Christ develops and we deepen in that and we turn to him and allow him to fill us up and we turn to him for our um, heart's desires and he feels that we're able to allow him to fulfill us and then we're able to love each other better because we're not I'm not looking to you for you to constantly give 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 I'm wanting to Allow oh. Christ to fill me up, and then I pour. You're not out. looking to me for validation. Exactly. You're looking to, you know, Christ validates us. He gives us everything we need. That's good. So I think the next thing is we keep hashing out this verse is, so we've seen we need to submit to one another. Mm-hmm. We've need to, we, we need to see that our earthly marriage is a, is a representation or a picture of our heavenly marriage basically i'm a placeholder for you here on earth for your true groom the third thing is the purpose of our marriage here on earth is to be the hands and feet of christ to show his love to our spouse Mm -hmm. it's to it's not for me to get yeah it's for me to allow christ to so live in me that it overflows out of me through to you So verse 29 through 31 says this. It says that I should love you in such a way. It says, after all, no one hated their own body, but they feed it and they care for their body, just as Christ does the church. In the same way, I should care for you as my own body, or Mm -hmm. sometimes even better, you know, for we are the members of his body. And that's why it goes on verse 31. So this, for this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So let's let's kind of round out this whole picture. So I I'm called to submit to you. You're called to submit to me. So as we abide in Christ, we mm-hmm. walk with him daily. He produces his life in us, yep. which comes out as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Only if we're walking with Only him. Only if I'm abiding and walking daily. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean I lose my salvation if I'm not. But, I mean, that can still be a tomato plant down in that garden, and it's just not producing tomatoes. Right. right? So I can still be a Christian, but I'm not walking daily right. with him, and I'm not producing that fruit. So when I do that, I submit to you. And then 
it's it, and then his love flows out of me to you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it's kind of like gutters on a house, right? So a few years ago, we we had this big rainstorm that was coming through, and I like to say, you know, you're over forty when you <laughs> when you clean realize you need to clean your gutters, oh, right? Yeah. And so I go down and I grab my little gutter scoop, which is another indication you're over 45. That would be, I yes. have a gutter scoop. And so I, I cleaned out the gutters. And then, and then the rains came for like all week. And guess what? The gutters did their job. And that's a really neat picture and illustration of what we're talking about here is that God's love fills me up. The whole purpose of a gutter is to move water where it needs to go, which is away from the foundation of your house, right? It's to move it away from your house. It's to direct water in a, in a certain direction. The, the whole purpose of me in your life, Bonnie, is to direct God's love to you through mm-hmm. me. So as he lives his life through me, you're the direct recipient of, of the beneficiary of that. And, and vice versa. And vice versa. So there are things that God wants to show your spouse about his love and about his character that he can only show them through you. Mm-hmm. So I want you to hear that. There's things that God wants to show your spouse about himself that he will only reveal to them through you. So if you're not walking and abiding in him and you're not allowing the fruit of the spirit to come through you, guess what? We're getting you're your getting spouse cheated. gets gypped. Mm-hmm. Your spouse gets cheated, yeah, and um, and that's man, that's that's hard to swallow. That's a lot of responsibility, isn't it, to it, stay healthy spiritually? Well, well, and I'll say this: the only way I can I can do those things and love you the way um, this passage talks about is if I am connected to Him, mm-hmm. if I am allowing Him to fill me up and. I have nothing to give if I don't. Mm-mm. I mean, I, and I have those telltale signs that I have not been walking with Jesus. I get impatient. I get snippy. I get selfish. There are things that all of a sudden you're wrong about everything. And I, I can tell when I have been not been walking with Christ, reading my Bible or, or growing in the Word or the, just spending time with Jesus because it's like that old illustration, you know, whatever you're the fullest of will slosh out. Yeah. And if I'm have not been filling myself up with the Lord and time with him, I'm going to slosh out me. Yeah. And and my heart is deceitfully wicked. This, mm-hmm. The Bible says that, you know, we, we really can't trust our hearts because they're, they're deceitful and wicked at all times unless we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. We're just selfish people. And that is the opposite message of our world today, isn't it? Oh, golly, yeah. The, oppo- the message of the world today is just be you. Mm. No. Be your natural self. That's... That's dangerous. Follow your heart. And man, the Bible says your heart is wicked and deceitful. Mm-hmm. We are nothing apart from Christ. That's right. So, And I have no power to to love you or to love myself. As people mm-hmm. would say, you need to love yourself. I can't even do that. Well, if I'm not, if I don't have a proper understanding of who God is and who I am in light of him. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so what, all that, what's the outcome? If I'm abiding... If I'm, if he's empowering me to submit to you and he's empowering you to submit to me and our relationship is a a great picture of Christ Mm -hmm. and, and I'm being the hands and feet of God's love to you and vice versa, what's the outcome of that? Well, I think, I think it's a couple of things. What you said there of, 
I'm the greatest recipient of that. But then the next person, our kids, are there, uh, they're going to receive that when they're part of a, a marriage. They see a marriage that's good and loving and Christ flowing through. Our, our kids are going to understand marriage. Mm-hmm. They're going to feel loved. And then the next thing is that our marriage will be a testimony of God's love to everybody around us. Your marriage is almost evangelistic, isn't it? Yeah. Without even intending to be. Yeah. It spills out on our kids, and then it'll spill out on our neighbors and our our, our friends and our community, everybody we come in contact with. Because I'm going to say this, this is not popular, mm. and it's not common to mm. see it because it's not popular. Mm. But if you, you know those people in your life that you look at their marriage and you look up to their marriage because you say there is something different there. Mm-hmm. I've got those marriages. We've got those marriages in our life. And nine times out of ten, if you look at that marriage and there's really something that stands out there, it's probably not be- just because they're good people. It's because they're walking with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to... Now, there is there are these... I mean, there are these unicorns, <laughs> where I'll say, where there are people who are just compatible and they're just really nice people and they get along great and they don't know Jesus mm-hmm. but it's rare mm-hmm. um, because being married is hard because we're, we're selfish mm-hmm. submission is hard loving each other is hard sacrificially the way Christ has mm-hmm. called us to but when we love each other like we're designed to it's it's evangelistic because mm-hmm. people want to know wow how do you do that mm-hmm. what's the difference and I believe that God has given us our marriage not just, well, first of all, it's not just to make us happy. And we've talked about that before on here, and mm-hmm. that's not popular either. But we're called to die to ourselves every day, and the only way we can do that is if we're walking with the Lord. Mm-hmm. How different is this meaning of marriage than what the world says is the meaning of marriage? It's completely opposite. It's completely opposite. There's no... You don't hear be happy in that, do you? No, it doesn't sell books. <laughs> I mean, people don't want to, yeah. you know, you know, five ways to die to yourself. I mean, who's going <laughs> to buy that? <laughs> how, how my marriage killed me. I mean, That's true. you die yeah. to yourself in it. Marriage is the process of slowly killing off the selfishness in your heart. And mm. if that's not enough, you have kids and then that, well, <laughs> that'll, that'll put the it. final nail in the coffin. That'll make you um, bitter. Yeah. I mean, it brings out, I mean, marriage reveals your self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the most of the times the things that, that we argue about, if I come back to it, it's me wanting to get my way and just being prideful or arrogant or selfish and not being willing to bend on something that really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So I feel like God has shown us so much grace in our marriage and going through and, and understanding who we are in Christ and what he has done for us early before we even got married mm. has set us up for understanding that this relationship's not about just pleasing mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. and that has made um, 26 years in, looking back, I feel like it's the thing that has been the most vital thing that has um, carried us through the the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. We could almost entitle this not the meaning of marriage, but the empowered marriage, because mm-hmm. it really is. I mean, it's we don't have the power within ourselves mm-hmm. to make this happen, but as we abide, He empowers us that's right. to do it. So that's good. So 
Well, we uh, we hope you've enjoyed today. It was deep stuff. It's thick stuff. But I'm telling you, I mean, if, if we can all understand this, then you're going to have success Absolutely. In, your, in your marriage and your relationship. So, hey, uh, when you get a chance, go on Facebook, go on Instagram, look up The Marriage Adventure, give us a like, give us a follow, and uh, we look forward to being with you next time.